0: Good morning, everybody. It's good to be together today. Y'all are so quiet this morning. It's like very subdued and, and maybe just meditative, reflective um, in here. But, uh, That's going to be our vibe this morning. So. Yeah, you know, this is like the quietest I've ever experienced this church on a Sunday morning. Uh, maybe it's just the cold. Um, but my name is John. Um, I'm the lead pastor here at the church. And I just want to welcome all of you here today. I'm glad y'all came out and braved the cold weather and the snow and all that, and um, I'm confident that, that we're going to experience uh, some warmth and goodness this morning as we gather together, and I'm hopeful that God is going to do something in our hearts, um, in our lives, and that, that ultimately we'll leave here, uh, hopefully looking more like Jesus, um, because that's really my goal every week, is that I am more and more shaped into the image of Jesus as I come here um, and share time with you all today. So I've been looking forward to this. Hope you have as well. Um, a couple of things as we get started. Uh, we do have connect cards in the pews. If you're new this morning um, and haven't been here before, then I love when you all fill those out in particular, uh, but others as well, fill those out. You can put your prayer request on the back. Um, and we do have a prayer team who lifts those up. Um, you can put those in the box. Uh, there's one by the door in the back, and there's one over here as well. Just fold it up and put it in there. Um, also, if you'd like to give this morning and support uh, what we do here financially... You can do that in those boxes as well, or you can give online um, at our website, and there's information there in their Connect Card about that. Um, If you ever need to step out of the sanctuary for any reason, or the music, or whatever, just everything feels overwhelming, or you have a child, and you want to step out with them, uh, the cafe does have a stream of our service every week. So if you go through this door straight out to the cafe, on that TV, we'll have the service going, and so you can still keep up with what's happening in here if you do need to step out uh, for any reason during the service, or if you just... Need to be away from everybody. Totally fine. I encourage you all to read through the announcements. We've got some important things coming up um, in the announcements. And so I encourage you all to read through those. And we're going to talk specifically about a couple of those a little bit later. But I'm going to turn it over to Christina uh, and, and Lisa and Camry. And they're going to lead us in worship this morning. And so uh, Christina's going to lead us. Yeah. Why don't we stand together um, as we begin our service? Will you
1: join us this morning in the call to worship? O Lord, let my soul rise up to meet you, as the day rises to meet the sun. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Amen. We're going to have kind of a chill vibe this morning. You know, chill but warm. Good and warm together in here. And so whatever you need to do this morning to enter into this space and really feel like you can let your guard down and allow the Lord to work as he wants to this morning, I invite you to do that. You can remain standing. We're all sitting. I always kind of feel a little bad that you're standing when I'm not. But you can sit if you want to. You can stand if you want to. Feel free to raise your hands. This is a a place for you to do what feels safe for you this morning. And we're going to start by singing a song that just declares the name of Jesus over us in this place. It tells the story of the gospel as well, what it is that Jesus has done for us, the good news that he has opened a path to redemption and relationship and for us to know the depth of God's love. And so we're just going to sing that over one another this morning, and I invite you just to take a few deep breaths and and enter with us into worship. Us to come and be forgiven and not just be forgiven but rejoice in that forgiveness and walk in joy and newness of life. So let us say our confession together this morning. We know that nothing is able to separate us from the love of God and Jesus Christ. Let us in freedom confess the wrong we have done. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, it's good to be together in this place this morning. We're going to spend just a few moments connecting. We're not just bodies and seats this morning. We are members of a family, and so let's journey together. This is our time of gratitude and lament, where you can share something you're grateful for, something good happening in your life, or something that's heavy and hard. Um, it's not an either-or. It can be both at the same time. So find a couple people near you, and go ahead and share with one another. We'll come back and sing in a couple minutes.
0: All right, if y'all want to take like 30 seconds or so and start wrapping up conversations, that would be great.
1: as you wrap up your conversations and we turn back towards this way, (laughs) I'm gonna invite you to to sit for this next portion. Again, if you want to stand, you're more than welcome to. Um, But these next couple songs, um, especially this next one, is a pretty reflective song. Um, We're singing it this morning. I imagine that many of you don't know it. Um, And so I'm inviting you to kind of receive it this morning, allow it to wash over you as you sit there. Um, And hopefully you'll know the one that we're gonna to move into from there. Um, But this song is really kind of a prayer that just says, I am going to surrender my grasp of control so that you can work, God. And I don't know about you guys, but that's a scary prayer to me often. I like control. I like to know that if I put in X amount of effort, I'm going to get Y result. I have a newborn. I've learned that newborns don't work that way. Imagine that. Um, So does a lot of life. A lot of life does not work that way. Um, And in reality, when we are willing to release our grasp on what we think control is um, and allow the Lord to, to do a work in us, beautiful things come from that. Fruit comes from that. And so this morning, I don't know where you are in your own heart and in your own spirit. And I don't know if the idea of saying, Lord, take control, feels not just scary, but maybe even a little weird Um, And that's okay. It's okay if if you're not ready for that this morning, but we're just going to kind of create a space here communally where please sing along if you know this or you catch on. But otherwise, just create a space where we open our hearts and allow the Lord to be present among us and do what he wants to do this morning.
0: Good to have uh, Christina back leading us in worship uh, after <laughs> inviting us into to God's presence this morning. And what we're going to do now is we're going to dismiss our children for their time of learning in the Wonder Room. And so if you are a child who's four years old all the way through fifth grade in elementary school, then you are welcome to go join our volunteers uh, for your own time of learning in the Wonder Room. So let's give our kids a hand as they come forward. If you are a parent and you have a child uh, who is in that uh, range of, of age then, um, and they've never been before, then I ask that you walk with them and that you uh, introduce yourselves to the leaders and make sure they have the correct paperwork and all that stuff filled out. Um, but we are so grateful for our kids and, and certainly for our volunteers who help make this possible each and every week. In just a moment, we're going to spend some time in prayer. First, I believe uh, Christina is going to make an announcement, right? Do you want to do it from there? I can. All right, cool.
1: Okay, so we have two announcements on the announcement sheet or in the announcement email. Either way you saw it um, or grab a sheet on your way out if you didn't see it. Two events coming up that I'm really excited about because they give us an opportunity to get to know each other better. I have heard from lots of different folks, hey, I feel like this community is a cool place. I think, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on here that kind of jives with who I am and who I want to be. But how do I make friends? But let's just be honest, like in adulthood in general, like how do we make friends, right? (laughs) Isn't that kind of hard? (laughs) I think so. Um, So anyway, we're having two events to help us to do that here in the Embrace community. And the first one is called Curated Conversations. This is an event we did a couple winters ago when we were kind of easing back into being in person, trying to figure out how to be social again. Maybe we're still there um, in lots of ways, but it's an opportunity to come and have some coffee and donuts down in the fellowship hall before church. Um, And we have some pre-prepared conversational questions that are not corny and weird, but that offer us a really good opportunity just to kind of open up and connect a little bit. So if you hate small talk, if you hate having to figure out the next thing to say, this event is designed for you because we've hopefully taken out the guesswork and kind of created some space that we can enter into together. So that'll be 9.30 a.m. before church next week, actually. That is next week, isn't it? It's coming fast. It's the end of January, y'all. It's next week. Um, so please come to that. If you have any questions or if you just want to talk to me a little bit more about what you can expect, um, feel free to reach out um, today or um, Christina at EmbraceYourCity.com. Would love to talk to you about that, um, but just come. It'll be good. If you like, feel like you're pushing yourself, it's a good push. So come on. Um, and then our second event is the Embrace Orientation Lunch. And I don't have it in front of me, actually, because I have so many songs here, but I think it's the 18th. Can anyone confirm that? February 18th. Lots of nods. Thank you. All right. So that is an opportunity. If you have been kind of newish in our community, For a little while or if you're like brand spanking new that day even um come to lunch and it's an opportunity to hear from leaders of our different ministries to find out kind of what's going on here in the embrace life together and to learn a little bit more about our values and what membership looks like um and i have been gone for three months because i had a baby and was on maternity leave so i see lots of faces that are new to me and i would really love to get to know you guys um and that is a time that you can come get to know the church better the leaders better and we can get to know you we will have an rsvp sheet for that in a couple weeks this is just a mark your calendars kind of reminder at the moment um but please plan to come to that um if you are newish at all and have any interest in learning we would love to eat with you there's food i forgot that that's important food come eat (laughs) i will be eating eat with me um so thanks john Yeah, we do have good food. It's always good.
0: Thanks, Dan. All right, so um, we're going to spend some time in prayer this morning. I'm going to kneel at the altar. If anybody would like to kneel at the altar, then it's open, and you're invited to come do that. You're also welcome to pray wherever you're at. If you want to get up and move around, you're welcome to do that as well. Take whatever posture you need. But I invited you just to take some time just to, to sit in the stillness and in the quiet. For some of you that may feel a little uh, scary to to sit in quiet, your mind may start racing, you could start to feel some anxiety and stress, I encourage you, though, just to focus on your breathing. Breathe in, breathe out, be reminded of God's spirit that is here with us. Wonderful God and beautiful Creator, the Ruler of all things, the Eternal Spirit, who's with us now. We just thank you, Lord, for being here today. We're thankful that we can come together and be here in this space. It is good. It feels good and right to be here this morning. It feels so good that, that Lord, I I sometimes wish we could just stay here, just stay here and let beautiful words be sung over us to the tune of wonderful music, could just feel the the vibes and the the presence and the warmth of of each other and the scriptures and the, the sanctuary that we're in, God, I sometimes wish we could could just stay here and be here in this space because it feels good to be here. But Lord, we have places to go. We have to go back out into the cold. We have to go back out into the darkness and the places of struggle that that we encounter each and every day in our lives. We, We have to be mindful of the beauty and goodness, but also the darkness and the violence and the suffering and pain that pervades our world. And God, I just continue to, to struggle within that tension of, of just wanting to be in your presence and feel this goodness and warmth, but also knowing, God, that you are calling us into these spaces of pain. And that we're also facing our own pain as well. That we're, we're dealing with so much, God. Sometimes it feels as if we're in like an existential crisis, wondering how do we even continue to exist in this planet that seems to be on a path towards destruction. Yet at the same time, God, we see beauty. Babies are being born. Joy is being shared, uh, love is being experienced, God, friendships are being formed, beautiful music is being created, and God, we're, we're just struggling to, to stay in that tension and not to give up, not to just try to ignore the hard stuff and, and have a blind optimism, but also not to sink in despair and cynicism. And God, I pray you would continue to give us courage to stand and to act in that tragic gap between the world that we see as possible and the world that we experience now. Lord, this winter uh, has been hard on on some of us. Some of us are are feeling the loss and the grief because we've lost people that we love and we miss them and we... We think of them often, and their, their, their presence and their spirit is with us even now, God. And we, we long, Lord, to be reunited with them. And it's hard during the winter, these long nights, God, to be without those we care for. Some of us are dealing with just serious sickness that won't go away. And God, we're just praying for those folks who are struggling in sickness right now, that you would give them strength and courage, that you would help them, Lord, to find healing that you would help them to find some sense of goodness and peace in the midst of of not feeling well. Protect their spirits and minds, God, as their bodies are are struggling. Lord, many of us are really just feeling the, the weight of the violence that is being unleashed in so many places right here at home, but all across this world, this planet that you created, that you said was very good. Yet so many times, Lord, we are just seeking to destroy. And God, I'm lamenting, uh, strongly, Lord, lamenting the drones and the missiles and the bombs that continue to take lives in all these places across the world, too many to even count. But certainly thinking of the the folks in Gaza now and Yemen, thinking of what's going on right now to, to... People in the Congo, many, many folks that I know who come from the Congo, Lord, are experiencing just the, the pain of knowing that people from their country are experiencing so much pain and grief. We pray for those in Pakistan and Iran and all these places across our world that are dealing with the effects of violence and suffering right now. And God, I don't even know what to say. God, we just ask that you would come you would come, Lord. We're struggling to to know where you are in the midst of all this. So, Lord, be with us in in our doubts and in our fears. In our struggles. I know I believe, but, God, there's a lot of unbelief there as well. A lot of struggle to believe. Deep, deep doubts, Lord. And I pray you would meet us there in those moments. Lord, we need you so much, and and we just pray this morning that we could encounter you, that you would meet us in in the confusion, that you would meet us in the pain, that you would meet us in the joy and and the beauty as well, that you would meet us in our loneliness and our grief and meet us in our connection and belonging. And now we pray this prayer that you taught us to pray so long ago when you walked among us, and often we don't have words to say, but we have this prayer that you taught us. And we pray these words would ring true in our hearts and would also be a gift to you. So let's join together and say this. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm, I'm grateful to be here today. You know, I, we've talked about, we're going to talk about this more as we move through the book of Mark. But I, I found this language uh, a few years ago. And and it's meant a lot to me that as as Christians, as folks who are seeking after God, as folks who some of you may not identify as Christian in this room, but you're here, you're seeking after something sacred. For those of us who are really trying to find God in the midst of this world, this language that we need to stay awake to both the hope and the horror has meant a lot to me. Stay awake to the hope and the horror. As Christians, sometimes we focus solely on the hope. Um, And and we kind of turn a blind eye to a lot of the suffering that is going on around us. But then also, we can also get consumed by the horror and the nightmares that we see all around us. And it's hard to have hope. And so as, as a church, as a community, I'm really trying myself as an individual and also encouraging you all to continue to try to stay awake. Stay awake to both the hope and the horror as we navigate just some really, really hard stuff right now in our world. You know, sometimes I feel like if, if we're truly paying attention, it's, it's hard to, to always be happy or to always have that sense. I, I think that, that we're going to experience a lot of bad emotions because there's so much bad stuff happening, and, and it ought to affect us. But at the same time, there's still beauty, and there's still goodness around us, and we've got to try to keep our eyes open to that as well. And I believe that Jesus offers us a model for that. And over the course of our series through Mark, we're going to really look to Jesus to help us figure out how we can really stay true uh, to what God has called us to in the midst of all all these challenges that we're facing around us. So as I mentioned last week, we're going to be uh, studying the gospel of Mark up until Easter. And I want you to remember that Mark is a book that is all about action. Um, You know, some of the other gospels, uh, Matthew and particularly Matthew and, and well, Luke and John, for that matter. There's a lot of teaching of Jesus in those Gospels, and, and I love Jesus' teachings. Mark has some teaching, but Mark has a lot of just describing what happens. And so we're going to be paying attention to what the action is in the story, what Jesus does, people's response to Jesus, and trying to find um, some truth in the midst of that. And, and the question for Mark ultimately is not do we have the right thoughts about Jesus, but are we actually living like Jesus? Do our lives look like the life of Christ? Because that's what it means to truly be his disciples, to, to model our lives after the one that we follow, which is Jesus Christ. And so last week I introduced you to three like subplots that are running throughout the book of Mark, and these will come up over and over and over again. So I want you to remember them. We talked about the first one, Jesus' community of disciples, how Jesus went out and formed community by calling disciples. Um, and, and these are not just the 12 disciples. There were lots of other followers who were very close to Jesus and spent lots of time with him and really helped him in his work. We also see another subplot, the second one of Jesus' ministry and time among the crowds. And so he had his, his people who followed him, but he also went out among the crowds, out into the community, out among the people, over and over and over again. And he spent lots of time with the crowds. And then the third subplot is Jesus' conflict with the authorities in Mark, there's lots of conflict. If you think following Jesus is just going to be easy and everybody's just going to get along, then uh, I would encourage you to pay attention to all the conflict that Jesus gets into, uh, because I, and his disciples as well. Um, and so there's lots of conflict with the authorities. So just remember, disciples, crowds, authorities, disciples, crowds, authorities, are going to come up over and over and over again. So today. We're going to look at the first 14 verses in Mark, and there's so much we could talk about in these 14 verses, but I'm going to focus on three themes um, that are going to help inform the way we read the whole gospel. So we did the three subplots. I'm going to do three more things. It's what preachers do. We always have three. Some, you know, I guess I don't know why three. Maybe we can remember. Sometimes one is better than three because three is hard to remember. But these three are very important, and I want to talk about these three themes that we find in these 13 verses. And so. Um, I said 14, but I have written 13, so we'll see. Uh, it's either 14 or 13. We'll see as I read it how many I actually read. Um, it, is, uh, it is 13. All right, good, good. All right, I'm going to start from the beginning, John or Mark 1.1. The beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet. I will send my messenger ahead of you, And this was his message. After me comes one who is more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I'm not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven You are my son. Whom I love, with you I am well pleased. At once the Spirit sent him out into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness 40 days being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and the angels attended him. So, do you see what I mean when I talk about Mark wasting no time in his writing, about Mark being short and brief and also all about action? He starts out his gospel right off the bat talking about Jesus' ministry. There's no birth narrative in Mark. He doesn't talk about Jesus' birth. He doesn't talk about uh, any of Jesus' childhood or his adolescence. He doesn't talk about his parents, Mary and Joseph, none of that. He starts right off the bat with this prophecy, and then John the Baptist, and then Jesus' baptism, then he's tempted in the wilderness, and then his ministry begins. We can't cover all of what happens in these 14 verses, or 13 verses, actually, uh, but I want to share with you the three themes that will help us understand the entire gospel. The first theme that I find in these verses is the theme of invasion. This is a a loaded term, right? Invasion. But I really want y'all to understand what the writer of Mark is doing here. Mark is depicting Jesus' mission as kind of like an invasion into territory held by an enemy. That this is not some light-hearted thing. This is intense. And Jesus is moving into a territory that does not want him there. Scholar Matt Skinner says that evil lurks in many corners of Mark's world. There are unclean spirits. There is division and rejection. There is political and religious violence culminating in an awful execution on the cross. Jesus is depicted in these first verses as a powerful, spirit-filled Son of God engaged in kind of a cosmic battle with the evil powers and principalities. This is how Mark is portraying his story. God invading earth in Jesus Christ. Now, at Jesus' baptism, some dramatic things happen when he comes up out of the water. One thing that occurs is that it says the heavens were torn open. Now, in Matthew and Luke, we read the same story about Jesus's baptism, but they don't use the same language. They just say the heavens were opened. But Mark is much more intense and forceful. He says that the heavens are torn or ripped open. The Greek word here is the word schizo, and it's really a strong word. You know, when you just open up something, you can put it back together, right? But when you tear something, it's permanent, it's lasting, and, and what is described here is not just a peaceful parting of the heavens, but we're talking about a forceful invasion. It is being ripped open, and God is coming to earth. And so what is Marcus betraying is that in Jesus, God has torn open the heavens and come into earth to reclaim our existence and bring his rule and reign to places where other reigns seem to hold power. Mark wants us to know that in Jesus, God has invaded our world to establish his rule and reign. Now, various scholars and writers have spoken about God being on the loose in Mark. And I like this language, on the loose. I, I grew up in a small town called Paintlet, Kentucky. It's in Garrard County, not too far from here. And when I lived in Paint Lick, they referred to me as a city boy in Paint Lick because I didn't live on a farm. Uh, I didn't know anything about that stuff. My dad was a preacher. And so, you know, we, uh, we, didn't, we weren't from that area. We moved there when I was starting uh, first grade. And, and so as a city boy, I wasn't a city boy, really. I came from like you know, a small town in Tennessee, so I really wasn't a city boy. But I didn't live on a farm. But I I remember one day I was at my friend's house, and he did live on a farm, and he had four-wheelers, and I loved riding on the four-wheelers. Now, I couldn't actually drive one. I tried. I was terrible at it. uh, So I would ride with him around his farm. But one day his his dad came home, and he was out working on the farm, and he told us, he's like, I want y'all to be careful out there because word is out that a raging bull is on the loose, Uh, in the area, knocking down fences and just causing uh, trouble all throughout the farm. And he told us to be careful. I don't know if he was telling us the truth, but that image has stuck with me of an idea of a bull just wreaking havoc all over Garrett County, and I knew that bull was going to find us. And I was like, I hope this four-wheeler is fast uh, to get away from this thing. And so it was a little terrifying to think that this bull was on the loose, knocking down fences all throughout the farm. And I think it's very fascinating to think of God in this way. Does that image of God as a bull on the loose, tearing down fences all throughout the farm, does that feel uh, maybe a little scary to you? We believe, and Mark is is telling us, is that the heavens have been torn open, and now God is on the loose in the world. And for some of us, this might feel like good news that God is on the loose in the world. But for others of us, it might sound a little terrifying. To think that God could be so close and so wild and so free. The Greek word schizo is used in one other place in Mark. Towards the end of the book of Mark, we find something else being torn open. Do y'all know what is torn open in the end of Mark? Does anybody know? Yes, the separation, the curtain that separated um, the temple, this part of the temple, from this place called the Holy of Holies. And so in Mark 1537, Jesus breathes his last breath on the cross, and as he dies, in verse 38, we read that the curtain of the temple was torn into from top to bottom. It's the same exact word that we find at the beginning of Mark when the heavens are torn open. And this brings us to our second theme in these verses in Mark. It's the theme of boundary breaking. In chapter one, at Jesus's baptism, the heavens were torn open. Schizo, the same word. The sky was viewed back then as kind of a firmament or a separation that kind of separated the heavens from the earth. And so, it was a boundary in many ways that separated God from humanity. And in this moment of Jesus' baptism, it says that the heavens were actually torn open and this boundary that separated God from humanity was broken and that God was let loose in the world. Now at the end of Mark, when the temple curtain was torn from top to bottom, another significant boundary was broken. The temple curtain was there to separate this part of the temple from the rest of the temple. And it was called the Holy of Holies. The Holy of Holies was a sacred place, but also a dangerous place. The Israelite faith taught that to be near God was actually, it was a very sacred thing, but but it was actually a bit of a dangerous thing to be very close to God. And no one was allowed in the Holy of Holies except one person, the high priest. And it was only on one moment in the year, the Day of Atonement. Now in a sense, the Holy of Holies, you could think of it in some ways as a spiritual cage to keep the dangerous God at bay. But when Jesus died, the curtain of separation was torn and God was let loose out into the world. Some people might be encouraged and think, okay, good, now God will set some things right that need to be set right. But those who are in comfortable positions of power were probably terrified at the idea of God being let loose into the world. One rhetorical device, this kind of strategy that Mark uses in his gospel is something called an inclusio. And for those who, who like to nerd out on these things, it's, it's a very cool way, rhetorical kind of device and strategy he uses all throughout his gospel. And what it is basically is that the, he'll use the same word or phrase or theme at the beginning and at the end of a section of kind of scripture. And then if you see that, then what you read at the beginning and end helps you make sense of what is in the middle. Of all of it. Now it's pretty neat because the whole Gospel of Mark is one big inclusio. At the beginning, you have this tearing of the temple, you have boundary breaking. At the end, you have tearing as well, boundary breaking. And so it helps us see that one way we need to read the entire Gospel of Mark is through this theme of boundaries being broken and God being let loose in the world. And what we see in the ministry of Jesus all throughout the Gospel is Jesus traveling all throughout the land, breaking boundaries and tearing down walls that separate humans from God and also separate humans from each other. So boundaries are broken at the beginning and at the end and all throughout the Gospel of Mark. I wonder, I wonder, because we are called actually to be players in this boundary-breaking movement. Jesus has invited us to join him. So I wonder what boundaries need to be broken today. Now, there are healthy boundaries out there that we're learning increasingly over the last few years that we need to have healthy boundaries. But there's also boundaries that Jesus needs to break down in our world. Things that keep us separate from one another and also keep us separate from God. So we have invasion. We have boundary breaking. And the final theme is what I call possessed and driven. Now, after the heavens were torn open, The Spirit of God, it says, came down like a dove and rested upon Jesus. Now, um, that's what most modern translations say, that the Spirit rested upon Jesus. Now, my image of this has always been like this sweet little bird descending down and just resting and perching on Jesus' shoulder. It's just a little cute image. Um, But we're not talking about cute birds resting on uh, shoulders here. Mark is talking about an invasion here, so keep that in mind. This is an intense scene that's happening. The Greek word they've translated as upon is a word, "ice," e-i-s. And it usually means, actually, into, not onto. I didn't do very well. I didn't understand the Greek and all, Hebrew and all that very well in seminary. But I can get into some of this stuff, and it really helps me. Because "ice" usually means into, but we've translated it upon. Now, for various theological reasons, I can understand why translators are reluctant to talk about God's spirit coming into Jesus at that point. Because wouldn't have the Spirit already been in Jesus, right? If Jesus truly is the Son of God? It makes sense why they would make that choice. However, what we see here in this narrative is not the image of a gentle dove perching upon Jesus, but we see Jesus being possessed by God's Spirit. We see the Spirit coming into Jesus and filling him up. And what we see after is the Spirit actually possesses Jesus and takes hold of him. And the next few verses talk about Jesus being then driven by the Spirit out into the wilderness. It's intense language. Once again, the translators, I think, get it wrong again. The NIV says that the Spirit just sent Jesus out into the wilderness. No, the Spirit impelled him, as the New American Standard says, or drove him or thrust him out into the wilderness. The Spirit of God possessed Jesus, took a hold of him, and was let loose inside of him. And the Spirit drove Jesus into this boundary-breaking mission of establishing God's rule and reign here on earth as it is in heaven. And Jesus went out exposing these cultural myths of violence and control and greed and exclusion and power through the way he lived, the way he loved, and the way he healed. And as his followers, I believe we are invited to be players in this boundary-breaking movement of God's reign here on earth. I wonder what happens when we are possessed by God's Spirit. When God's Spirit truly takes a hold of us. What happens when the Spirit drives us? We see in Jesus what happens when a man is consumed and possessed by the Spirit of God. You know, we often pray for revival, and often revival can just be a lot of singing and a lot of prayer, which is wonderful. But if the Spirit is going to take hold of us, then we need to look what happened to Jesus when the Spirit truly entered Jesus and took hold of him. It drove him out into the world on this boundary-breaking mission to see this world redeemed and made whole. Jesus was driven by the Spirit and he went through the world setting people free from these evil forces that ensnared them and entrapped them. And naturally what happened is the evil forces responded with vengeance and with might. When progress is made towards beauty and peace and equity and belonging and togetherness, there is always backlash. It has been a true all throughout history. But Mark makes it clear in the first verse of the gospel that this is the beginning of good news about Jesus. This is good news. Even though it's an invasion, it's a good one because Jesus is coming to bring something beautiful and right and good in this world. He wants them to know that there will be struggle, but the gospel is good news. I read these words a few years ago, and I shared them a few years back with you all, but I want to share them again by this scholar named Brian Blunt. And he says that if you want to know what happens when God gets on the loose and gets into you, take a look at what happened to Jesus. When God gets into you, you get into trouble, because God drives you until you're running wild in a world hell-bent on religiously remaining the same tame, shameful self. I think a question we can reflect on: Has we let God have we let God loose in our lives? Like if we allowed God to truly have his rule and reign within us and to drive us and to lead us in our lives. Often I think we don't have much of the spirit working within us because we're too scared to really allow the spirit to lead us. Because it's scary to think about where God might lead us in this world. Do we have God locked up in some kind of comfortable spiritual cage and are we willing to open that up and allow God to work in us and through us? What boundaries need to be broken in your life? What boundaries need to be broken in our community? How would your life look different if the Spirit of God possessed you and drove you? These are some questions to be thinking about. I want you all to remember that we can tap in to the boundary-breaking power of God to change the world in which we live. Jesus started this movement uh, many, many years ago, and many others have like, carried that torch and now it's our time. it's our time to carry that torch. In these difficult times in our community and across our world, we can choose to like shrink, and we can live in our small, kind of well-defined, comfortable box, and we can try to keep God in the box we've created for God. Or we can expand, and we can live big with enough room for new possibilities and relationships and dreams. We can be driven by that same spirit that drove Jesus. And we can participate in God's liberating work in this world. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. We're going to share communion this morning and and in communion we we clearly are thinking about kind of the trajectory of Jesus' life and 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 where it ended on the cross. And we see what God's spirit did when God's spirit came into Jesus and drove him into this world. And it was a risky mission. It was a dangerous mission. But ultimately what Jesus was able to accomplish was was initiating this process of seeing the world redeemed. And we are invited to join Jesus in that same mission that he lived when he walked among us. If y'all bow your heads with me just for a moment. God, we thank you so much for being with us here today. We thank you, Lord, for your beautiful, eternal spirit that was there even at the beginning, Lord, when when before even creation of this world began, your spirit was there. It's the same spirit, Lord, that moved and hovered upon the waters, the same spirit that began this creative work of seeing our world create, be, become beautiful and all these life forms growing and expanding across this planet. It's that same spirit, Lord, that, that was there with Moses. The same spirit that was there with the prophets. The same spirit that inspired David and others to write these beautiful psalms and pieces of music that we have in Scripture. It's that same spirit that was there with Jesus at His baptism same spirit that came into Jesus and drove him out into our world to begin this boundary-breaking mission of redemption. And that's the same spirit, Lord, that was given to us and that is here with us today. God, I pray that this morning as we share communion, we could experience that power of your spirit this morning and that, Lord, we would be able to open ourselves up just a little bit more maybe this morning to allow more of your spirit to work in us and through us today. Help us, Lord, to be more mindful of your presence and help us to have the courage to listen to your voice, to sense, God, what it is you may be calling us uh, to do, the the ways that you're calling us to show up here in this world as we live and and stand and act in this tragic gap between the world that, that we know is possible and the world that we see right now. Lord, we need you so much and we pray we could feel your presence with us now. I pray you would pour out your Holy Spirit on this bread and juice, that you would pour out your Holy Spirit upon whatever folks have set aside at home for this purpose, that they could be for us the body and blood of Christ, that you would fill us up this morning in a fresh way, and that we would leave here changed because we have encountered you, the living God. Lord, we love you so much. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for bearing with us and walking with us and being so patient with us and being so kind to us and good to us. We thank you, Lord, for seeing enough in us that you would want to invite us to join you in this beautiful work of seeing this world redeemed and restored. Lord, we need you so much, and we pray all this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said together, amen. I'm going to invite those who are helping me serve communion to come on up. Here at Embrace, we take communion by you'll form two lines down the center aisle. As you come forward, just have your hands open to receive the bread and juice. Your server will take the bread for you, they'll dip it in the cup for you, and then they'll hand it to you. We do have Kleenex if you need that. You're welcome to kneel at the altar and pray if you would like. If you'd like me to lift you up in prayer, I'd love to do that. Um, I'll just be over here to this side of the room. Um, Just give me a moment to, to get all this prepared, and then I'll invite you up. And I also want to let you know, if you'd like to take a, a pre-packaged kind of communion elements in the back of the room, if you'd prefer not to be um, up and close in a crowd, then you're welcome to do that in the back. There's a basket back there, and we do have gluten-free options in the front and back if you need that. Just let your server know. But the table is set, and the meal is ready, and all are invited to come um, as you feel led. thank you all so much for being here today. Um, My prayer is that you uh, try to be more aware, you know, of God's Spirit um, working in us and around us, and and ask the question, where might God be driving you uh, if God truly were to take hold of your life? Um, As you're able, let's all stand together for the benediction. Benediction is just a fancy word that means to send out, and so it's sending all of us out to, to live out the things that, that God is doing and working in our hearts. And so may the love of God the Father, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all now and forever. Amen. Go in God's peace.